Welcome into the Pack Interference Podcast. JP and Tristan back at you for the final time this season. What? And though the season is over, JP, what? we are back for the awards show That's extravaganza. Right. The hardware. Uh, the nominations have been done, the selections have been made, and the awards have been handed out. So Whoa. even this late in the season, we're still the best show around, and we're still the only show around that is talking nothing but... CSU Pueblo football. Oh, man, we've never had a handoff like Ooh. that before in the intro. No, and like, I wasn't even looking at you. Normally, I, was just, I figured it would be a joint, like, pitch perfect four over here. Yeah. And, and I went solo. But I went solo. That was all right. That was good because that's a first for us. Can, can we do an acapella? A uh, music? We'll just say it together. CSU Pueblo football. Now, nah, see, the timing wasn't there. We that's, tried. The music was still on. Okay. The only show talking nothing but. CSU, CSU Pueblo, Pueblo football. football. Man, that was pretty good. Pitch that Perfect was Four, here we come. In sync, here and not come. the band, because we're better. Oh, but, what uh, a great band, though. JT? What? JP, JP, mm-hmm. and Tristan, mm-hmm. the Super three of Bowl, us together, half-time. could award uh, some wonderful nominations out. So if you were not listening We to, could award some good nominations out. Well, wonderful <laughs> nominations out. We could award some wonderful nominations out. We could hand some wonderful awards out now that the nominations are done. But we couldn't actually do any of that. JP, if if the show was not made possible by these wonderful sponsors, Who so we've got to take a moment to shout out a big thank sing you them. to the Pack Interference sponsors. You're we've got sing Show them? Us Your Tints, CSU Pueblo them. Athletics. Maybe at the end I'll do it. Okay. Southern Colorado Services and Recycling, Pinell's Bolero Lanes, Geared Up Auto Care, Little Caesars Pizza, CSU Pueblo Alumni Association, and CSU Pueblo External Affairs for the huge help throughout the season, making the best show around possible for you to listen to, and making partly the Pack Interference Awards uh, possible this season. Yeah. So if you weren't there for the nominations, we uh, we as now you're going to know the winners. JP and I announced the nominations this week for our Pack Interference Awards: the six categories: Freshman Player of the Year, Surprise Player of the Year, Transfer Player of the Year, Special Teams Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, or the Depoy, and the Offensive player of the year the opoi yes sir so when we look at the nominations for freshman of the year we had gunner lamphere mitch carter and Stephen o'malley and jp to dive right into this thing the first award handed out today freshman of the year drum roll please goes to mitch carter the kicker we talked about it we fought back and forth on who wins this award tough competition and jp may i just say maybe my most excited uh award handed out because you look at the difference in performance last year with the winner emery taylor uh won mm-hmm. won the first ever freshman player of the year from pack interference true statement and then he blew things out of the water this year yeah so if this is a sign of anything to come from mitch carter the guy wins freshman of the Whoa. year this year what's he gonna win 100 field goals next year offensive player of the year next year yeah. that's some bs argument you would come up i with will for come it. mitch you hit 100 field goals and you'll be offensive player of the year well, uh, Mitch had a wonderful season. Teams. We talked about it. And Second, then we'll make sophomore of the year awards, too. No. So- sophomore of the year is not even a thing. So It will be if he hits 100 field goals. You're right. But he was second on the team in scoring this season with 91 points, which is huge considering the huge. amount of offense that Marche Denard put up this year. Hint, hint. Uh, but... Mitch Carter, right up there, JP, and well-deserving of the Freshman of the Year award. Yeah, Mitchie Mitch and the Kiki Bunch got it done this year. Uh, I mean, obviously, Tristan, I cannot say enough about Mitch Carter and the kicking that he did this year. Uh, anytime I went to bring him up, you always were like, oh, Mitch, you're going to talk Mitch? Surprise. Oh, well, so just a, a well-deserved award. Um, coming in as a trans, well, a yeah. redshirt freshman, mm-hmm. so still, uh, still a freshman. But, yeah, I mean, just tore it up on the field. 
with his one foot. And in asking him about what he plans to do next year, he said his longest field goal of the season this year was 49. So he's thinking a minimum uh, longest next year, 55 on the field. Yeah. So let's see if he can go out and make that happen. Uh, Mitch Carter, the 2017 pack interference podcast freshman player of the year. That's so it. So one award down in this year's five to go award extravaganza i'm on my math today uh jp was having a tough time with the whole extravaganza you know it just yes i did either way jp moving on onward and upward looking at the second category on the day okay uh that's surprise player of the year the surpoy and your pick won this one so i will give you the uh the honors of talking about the nominees and and the nominees were quinn vandekoppel which was your nominee and then jamal sears was our consensus uh, and then Michael Riston was was my nominee, and he took home this award. It was just the fact that he went from tight end to defensive end and had the season that he had. While the numbers weren't there statistically with the sacks, the tackles for the loss, and all that, uh, the guy was in the backfield all the time. He's he's a half step from having 13 sacks next year. Well, and, and a the, half step, I'm uh, 13. You're right. And the big thing for surprise player of the year was how surprised, honestly, were you? So we're looking at... I was at super surprised. End of the 2016 season, who, in their right mind, would have told you Michael Riston would have had more stats on the defensive side of the ball than the offense? Yeah, exactly. Surprising to see that at the end of the 2017 season? Absolutely. As surprising as it was to see Quinn Vandekoppel and Jamal Sears have the seasons they did... And that's, not that's, taking anything away from them. These guys, they were balling. They, All three of these guys were balling this year. This was, I want to say this was one of our hardest ones to to decide. Yes, one of the hardest to pick because obviously you and I talked about it, the defensive player of the year, almost impossible to decide upon. Yeah. But we did, and we, we did. will get there momentarily. But uh, for surprise player of the year, a guy that, that had kind of fallen under the radar, flown under the radar, fallen on the depth chart a little bit at the tight end position, said, you know, I've got these these – attributes that help me be a good football player let me just try it out on the other side of the ball blew things up in his first year under coach herm smith and in talking with him he's excited to work with herm this offseason yeah and and, you know jokingly i was like so what are we looking at you know 13 sacks 17 sacks 20 sacks and and he kind of chuckled and and he was like i think realistically we could probably do 15 and i was like so you can break morgan's sack record he's like yeah yeah i'll break morgan's sack record so i know he didn't 100% 100% mean it, but why not? Go for it, Mike. Just just ball out next year. So last year, you, you got to do something, right? So get the sack record. And, and coming from, you know, the tight end position and doing that would be a huge accomplishment. Could you see him win Surprise Player of the Year again next year? No, but I could see him win the deep boy if he does that. Wow. So, uh, bold prediction. I didn't even ask you for any of those because those are coming at the end of the podcast because we have to look <laughs> forward to next year. This is our final show of the season, JP. I don't know if you realize that or not. but uh, I refuse to accept. Onward and upward once more, JP, because we are down two categories now with mm-hmm. four more. Uh, and Your math is on point. We're looking at the transfer player of the, the year. The transboy. Uh, and this is important because CSU Pueblo does a great job of recruiting guys, but they also do a great job of going out to small colleges, finding guys that had success in high school or in a junior college, but it's going to translate well to CSU Pueblo. Or even from big schools and being like, hey, you may not be getting the time that you think you need and deserve, 
But if you come out here, come on out to Pueblo, you might get a lot more. Do you remember time? a couple of years ago when they went out and got the D1 quarterback from Houston and brought him in and named him the Texas Run Slinger, and then he got nominated for Offensive Player of the Year this year? I do remember that. CSU but that's another Pueblo category. Does a good job of recruiting players in. Do you remember a couple of years uh, a guy came in from Arizona State and then played one year and then went to the NFL? Uh, I it wasn't Arizona State. It was San Diego State. No, it's Arizona State. Mike Pinnell. Oh, Mike Pinnell, you're right. Now he's still playing in the NFL. I thought you were talking with about the, with the Jets. Larry Clark last year. Either nope. way, transfers See? have always been a big part of CSU Pueblo's mindset. It's it's not just the high school recruiting that goes out. Uh, so you look at the nominees for this year's award. Josh mm-hmm. Smith coming in last year as a transfer player, but eligible for it because JP and I make the rules, and he didn't play last year. Yep. Uh, Dominic Cisse actually came from the same school as Josh. That was my nomination for that the award. Yours. And Alex Mitchell, the offensive lineman, after a couple years away from football, last played at West Texas A&M. Yep. Uh, you nominate him. And the winner for this one, Josh Smith. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a tough decision on this one because – Guys had their impact in different ways, and Josh didn't necessarily jump off the board in the numbers that he put up. He was second on the team in receiving. He was first in touchdown receptions, though, and that's what really stood out. And when he had a streak of six straight games in which he brought down a touchdown pass, JP, that's enough to get you any award. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, just his contribution to the offense. Uh, obviously, Alex, uh, he was out there blocking. I mean, he was involved on every play. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with the woes that the offensive line had through the season, uh, I think the more consistent play was with Josh, and what he brought was another dimension to the team. He could run the ball. If Coach ever needed it and he never did it, was throw the ball. Um, and he caught the ball. And he scored touchdowns. So Josh Smith, consensus player, uh, you won. Yeah, Josh, uh, congratulations for it. Sorry, Tristan. I, I was throwing Tristan off, guys. Yeah, so I was um, throwing him off. That's so all right. I, I will I will leave stuff alone so that you can you can concentrate. Well, I'm trying to focus on this because I, I was hyping up the category more than anything. Then you unplug my headphones halfway through the segment. I can't hear anything. It's like a talking head over on the other side of the studio, and I don't even get to hear what you're talking about, Josh Goodness. Smith. But I do know that the guy takes home the hardware because he came in, made an immediate impact in his first year on the field, glad the foot healed up for him, had a hand injury early in the season, and I thought maybe he was going to go away for a little bit of time. Did not get shelved, came in six straight weeks with the TD, and uh, the rest writes itself. Josh Smith, congratulations on winning the 2017 Pack Interference Podcast Transfer Player of the Year. Yes, sir. Uh, three categories down, JP. Which, Halfway through. if you're keeping track at home, means we've got three categories left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are the three different sides of the ball, starting off with the most important of the three. And that's Special Teams Player of the Year. Yes, sir. Uh, if you weren't around for the nominations again, Tanakuda. Uh, was JP's nomination for the award. Mitch Carter was our consensus nomination for the award. And Dylan Albrandt, I fought for him, uh, my nomination you for the award. For but, JP, because your nominee takes home the award again, go ahead. You know, you can't say enough for what he did. I mean, the the punting by Tanner Kuda was was phenomenal all year. Uh, the guy would boot the hell out of the ball when he needed to. He could pooch it when they needed him to. Um, he just... He, just consistent, consistently good all season long. And, uh, and come on, 55 yards into a trash can, that's going to get you an award regardless of what you did on the field, in my book. 
Uh, I can't argue with you really on that point. You asked him about what it takes to go in into preparation, and he's a sarcastic guy, so obviously he has to bring up the long snapper and how perfect <laughs> his and Andrew's and, relationship is. Yeah. But it goes without saying both, you, both, you don't both feel— Both kickers brought up Andrew. Exactly, and you don't feel that consistent and that confident in your ability to go out and perform in special teams. As bad of a rep as these guys get for practicing three times a week, they do it doggone well, JP. You got a guy that, that took home the Freshman Player of the Year award on the uh, just opposite side of you and Mitch Carter. You take home Special Teams Player of the Year because you can boot the ball. Uh, there's not much more you can ask out of a Special Tristan, Teams unit. These guys are so in sync, they dress alike without even talking to each other about what they're going to wear. See, I'm a little disappointed in you. Not not that you brought up the fact that they dressed alike, but you said they were so in sync. And I thought you were going to be like that some in sync reference for the band no, no reference no but it's reference fine. it's fine they they just they they're they're so special that they both wore the same kind of pants they both had holes in the knees the same shirt I, i'm not even sure their hair wasn't styled the same tristan i'm not even sure about that but uh yeah congratulations tanner Special Teams Player of the Year. Which is a big award because you you look at the inconsistencies, if you call them that, that happened on both sides of the balls and the, the changing over of uh, offense. A couple of different hands on the offensive side of the ball. Quarterbacks, running backs, like no one was consistent on that side of the ball. We have all these surprises on the defensive side of the ball. What stays solid through the whole season? Special teams. Special teams. And that's why uh, Tana Kuda wins the 2017 Pack Interference Podcast Special Teams Player of the Year. Now, Deep boy we, or Opoy? we go straight to the Opoy because Ooh. we could decide the Opoy a little bit easier than the Depoy. And we okay. have to kind of give you our on-air you argument that went into picking this Defensive Player of the Year. So at the offensive position, our nominees again, Rex Dowson, my pick for the nomination for this. Dawson. Uh, Dowson. Josh Smith. Uh, after already winning transfer player of the year, JP threw his hat, his name in the hat yes. uh, for the drawing of Opoy, and uh, Marche Denard was the consensus pick. And unfortunately, but fortunately, they had a guy that was running like a man possessed this year. And Marche Denard, after a couple of years away from football, steps right back into the limelight after Bernard McDonald goes down with an injury in week one. And he comes away on top as your 2017 Pack and Friends podcast offensive player of the year. Really, what more could you have asked from? <laughs> I, I couldn't ask anything more from him. I mean, honestly, Tristan, you saw him run back in 14. I saw him run in 14. I think he ran better after two years off than he did with two, you know, coming out of school, out of high school and, and playing those first two years. I mean, just just beasting out there. There's no other way to say that. He, he, he was doing some very special things, 1,100-something. I don't remember the exact number of yards on the season. I could look it up, but just take my word for it. The dude ran the ball a lot, and he went far. Uh, with the yards he covered this year. And then the touchdowns. I mean, he was on the streak of three touchdowns a game. Uh, I don't even know how long that went, Tristan, but it felt like all season Marche was on the board in every game, you know? It became potentially the greatest meme we had all year as well, where we could yeah. just take three pictures of Marche, send it out over the Brady Bunch logo, and say, Marche, Marche, Marche. That's Look it. at all these touchdowns that you get. It's always about Marche. But, man, he's more humble than any guy I've ever talked to, I think, in CSU Pueblo's locker room because the guy is, a, is an absolute terror for opposing defenses. He cannot be contained, whether it's going to be running you over, whether it's going 
going to be beating you to the sideline. The guy broke off a 75-yarder against New Mexico Highlands that I kid you not, I had turned around to to zip up my jacket, and he had made it 35 yards downfield. Yeah, and yeah. then I missed the entire play, and I'm, I'm catching up saying, what the heck does it take to get this guy contained? But the first thing he does after that is thank everybody in front of him. And he says the award itself was because of the offensive lineman. He says none of this is possible. Maybe I should just give the award to these guys. Right. Because without them, it doesn't it doesn't really happen for me. And I think he saw the two years away from football as a big advantage for him. He said it wasn't a surprise at all that he came back and performed the way he did because he's so in touch with himself that he knew a couple of years away from ball was just going to do him do him well. Uh, the performance that he was able to put on this season, JP, blew my mind. Honestly, could have been in consideration for surprise player of the year. Uh, but in seeing, in seeing the preparation he put in, uh, two years was kind of an unfair advantage for him to get out there and just, just turn into beast mode this season. Yeah, and, it, you know, I liked, I liked how you talked, too, about his humbleness and, and said that he could give this to the line. I was like, no need. Ty McCauley won it last year. Linemen have got some recognition. So, you know, go ahead and take this thing and run with it. Uh, yeah, that's a really good pun. Now, JP, uh, five categories down, which means we've got Uh-oh. one more. And the this final this category. was the toughest category. It's the final category. Oh, man. I'm so glad this season's over it's so never I don't have to listen end. to you. It's never going to end. Defensive Player of the Year was such a deep category for us this mm. offseason that we had, to, we had to throw in an honorable mention that, that got just as much airtime as any of the nominees in the selection show because we had our consensus nomination in Brandon Payer. Yes. I had my nomination in Darius Williams, mm-hmm. and you had your nomination in Emory Taylor. But we had a yes. second consensus nomination that just barely missed it in Tanner Draper because over the last three weeks of the season, he ended up with four interceptions, finished with six on the season. The guy had more sacks and tackles than any other defensive back. He had the massive blocked punt in the game against Chadron that set the tone. I mean, anything you could have asked the guy to do over the last couple of weeks of the season, he absolutely went above and beyond those expectations which is exciting yeah. moving forward because how can you not be amped about a, a sophomore uh, this season coming back next year for his first season as an upperclassman and he's already been playing like a senior leader since his freshman season uh, excited for what is to come from Tanner Draper but when it comes down to the three nominees themselves JP yours in Emory Taylor guy has everything statistically to be in this conversation just just right behind Wee's. In in every category, in the tackles, he was right behind. Interceptions, right behind. Touchdowns, they were the same, weren't they? Same number of touchdowns. Uh, just everything was almost identical. Just Wee's had, Wheeze had a couple more picks. I think three more picks, right? Mm-hmm. It was nine to six on the picks. They both had three touchdowns. Is that is that sounding familiar, Tristan? Uh, it sounds pretty good to me. So, I mean, I you can't argue that. He's got to be in that conversation. Uh-uh. And then your nomination, Wheeze, you can't you can't argue that. But the consensus, the consensus nomination, he, there's never even a shadow of a doubt that Brandon Payer's name is in the ring for Defensive Player of the Year. Well, one more time, I'm just going to give you a stat line. The guy had 110, what, 110 total tackles, uh, four and a half sacks on the season, 14 tackles for loss, three forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and he's credited with a pass breakup. So everything you can ask of in this man, he went out and did. Uh, other than, like, lead the team in interceptions, he was there for everything else. However... He got edged out, and the only reason he got edged out for defensive player of the year a good argument for this. Uh, is because Darius Williams etched his name atop the most talented 
unit that has ever played at CSU Pueblo. And I, and I say that confidently because I don't think there has ever been a more important unit as a whole or one particular player that means more to the defense than the secondary for CSU Pueblo. And I go back to the couple of years ago in 2014 when they won the national championship. Every single guy on that team was the best cornerback that CSU Pueblo had ever seen. You had C.J. Roberts. You had Steph Dickens. You had Gerard Lacey. You had Joe Jones. You had Leron Tarkington. It's like every mm-hmm. single one of these guys, if they were the only one there, would be the defensive player of the year in that year. But because there were six of them at the time just tearing it up in that secondary, you couldn't do it. So no. then you have all these records that are being set by these guys. And a couple of years later, Darius Williams, after being on that 2014 team, 2014 team as a redshirt freshman uh, gets to learn from the best, comes out just a couple years later and puts his name atop that leaderboard. Sets an all-time interception record for the pack. He's going to forever be there atop that interception leaderboard. And I asked him in, in the award process itself, what do you do to become the best? And he says, I don't know, be better than it was this year. <laughs> and that's cool. <laughs> that's more than cool. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I like about everybody on this team. Nobody has the big head. Nobody's like, oh, you know, if it wasn't for me, we we would have lost every game. Or, you know, nobody's ever going to catch up to what I've done because I've been so amazing. And, and Weeze is just an example of one of those guys that it's it's all about all season long with the interceptions even. And the, and the touchdowns, he's like, well, if one of us eats, we all eat. It, it's I'm happy for, for Tanner when he gets it. I'm happy for E.T. when he gets it. It doesn't matter to me as long as we work together and we come away with the W. In the end, that's all that matters. So uh, just a, a good guy and well-deserved award. And let's see if he can break his own record next year. Well, I think it's going to be an easy thing for him to do because you look at him coming back for his senior season – uh, there's something different when you're playing your last set of games with the pack. I would and, agree with that. And something always turns up in these guys uh, when you realize you've got 60 so, minutes left this week. Does it turn all the way up? It does, all the way up. Nothing can stop them, I guess. That's like your ninth Drake reference of the night already. We're turning a light up in the studio to make sure the lighting was good to take the picture of the guys, and JP starts singing Drake, and I'm like, we haven't even handed these awards out. Everyone's going to walk out of the studio before we even get this done. And uh, <laughs> luckily, nobody left. So Somebody didn't show. Well, that's fine. But moving on, JP, we look at the the awards for this season. Uh, yes, sir. And six great football players won, Absolutely. won very, very good awards. Um, the exciting thing is all six all of these six. gentlemen will be back next yes, year. Yes, sir. Yes, which sir. means the big things will continue to be happening for these players. And you probably won't see a repeat in any of these categories because you look at the offensive side of the ball. And in talking to Marche about how excited he is for next year, he says massive things are coming for this offense next year. Mm -hmm. Bernard McDonald is going to be coming back after an injury. Hopefully, he gets to enjoy his first healthy season in three years. Uh, If not, Marche is right behind him, ready to go. If not, Austin Meachie is right behind him, ready to go. If not, Jevin Jordan is there, ready to go. And and maybe the player I am second most excited about on the entire team, Marcus (laughs) Lindsey. Is going to be coming out next year. Yeah. Like, this is a stacked running back unit that is going to have a bunch of talent and a huge opportunity because when you've got a, essentially a freshman quarterback at the helm like they will next year, <laughs> you're going to be handing the ball off a lot. Tristan, you are going way too deep for, a, for an award show into next year. I'm um, just saying. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see uh, Brandon Edwards out there slinging the ball for the pack next year. Uh, we, we, I think we're going to be talking about this for a while. I mean, you were 
dead set on Gunner being the starting quarterback next year. And it's not. It's going to be Brandon Edwards, and he's going to have a great season. Receivers, get ready. Amon, Josh, get the, get the gloves ready because the ball is going to be flying next year. Well, I've got we, a feeling changes are coming for this offense. When we talk about these things, that's that's potentially I offensive player feeling. of the year category Ooh. next year could be, could be our most difficult one to pick from. Because if I'm looking at the performances of these three guys that were not nominated for defensive player of the year, we could see this same exact list oh, this, next this, season uh, and nothing could change. And then, you know, exactly. And then you... Dion in the middle. Dion could have a breakout year next year. Uh, who's going to replace Croy on on that right side? Jackson Weebles could be in the Jackson conversation. Jackson Weebles could year. be in the conversation. Luke Conalog could be in the conversation. Guy was a monster I the mean, last couple of weeks. Man, and then and then Dylan Albrandt too. He's he's not too shabby on that outside either. I'm and just saying the special teams play that we saw from him this year. If he if he takes that steps that up another notch or two next year. He could be in the running with six punt blocks and two return for a touchdown. Sit down, Rosenbrock. I got this, is the what one, Dylan says. The one category we cannot even begin to look at is, is the transfer player of the year because these men haven't transferred in yet. Yeah, it's going to uh, be that guy that came from that place. Exactly. It's going to be the the one guy that made a couple of tackles at his JUCO last season. Coach Riston's going to bring him in, turn him into like the best linebacker that's ever played at CSU Pueblo. And by next year, we're going to be hooting and hollering that he's the defensive player of the year. But... But there is something exciting. No, whoever no. this linebacker no, no, is. No, no, that was an exaggeration. But okay. there's something exciting every year when the new transfers come in. Uh, and it's also tough to look at a surprise player because if I'm already looking at guys that I think will be surprising next not gonna year, not going to be a surprise. It's not so much of no, a surprise. You kind of do that though. But uh, the, think about how genius you would have been if last year you were like Quinn Manicopo is going to have a breakout year next year. He's going to be a surprise player. He's going to be in the running for surprise player of the year. Or if I was like, oh. Even though Zach Boyd's there, Michael Riston will be the surprise player. And woo, he wouldn't even have tied in, and he would have made it, you know? That's what's so wonderful about these awards, JP, is at the beginning of the season, you have no idea. You can put some feelers out there and say, I think this guy's going to have a big year, and he may be up for Offensive Player of the Year. But at the end of the season, when I had made the prediction at the beginning of the year uh, about Bernard McDonald being in in candidacy for Harlan Hill Trophy, for All-Armac, you know, running back of the year, offensive player of the year, all of this stuff he's done after like 20 minutes into the season. Yeah. So things will always change, and always. that's the best part about the uh, the 2017 season was the perfect example game? of it. it. It's a beautiful game with wonderful things and awesome awards, and, and, and even better fans that listen in for the entirety of the season to find out all of the time what JP and I have going on in our minds. Are you going to sing it? What? Are you going to sing it? I'm not into singing. Are you going to sing it? You're into singing all the time. Do it for the vine. Uh, what I am going to sing Do it for the vine. is I'm going to sing a big thank you Do it for the vine. to our sponsors, JP, uh, because we have to thank them. They made this season Absolutely. possible, and it's a big deal Without a doubt. Uh, that they, they stuck around with us all year. And in, even through JP's singing, they stuck around with us. Uh, so thank you one more time for making the Pack Interference podcast possible. Show us your tints, CSU Pueblo's Athletic Department, Southern Colorado Services and Recycling, Pinell's Bolero Lanes, Geared Up Auto Care, Little Caesars Pizza, CSU Pueblo's Alumni Association, and CSU Pueblo External Affairs. The biggest thank you of all has to go out to the fans, JP, because for Absolutely. 15 weeks they've stuck around and listened to you. Uh, I'm sure they enjoyed listening to me, but they I'm stuck sure. around I'm even sure. though they had to listen to you for 15 <laughs> weeks. Uh, and they're 
they're better for it. To everybody out in Thunderland <laughs> that, that bared with us through Thunderland. the 2017 season, thank you for listening. Uh, congratulations to the 2017 Pack Interference Podcast Award winners, and we'll see you next season.